It's Tuesday, January 21st, 2020, day one of the 54th legislative session for the great state of New Mexico. The governor delivered her State of the State speech where she mentioned several education proposals. I sit down with Hannah Colton from KUNM to discuss. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and your New Mexico government starts now. Last year, New Mexico was ranked 50th in education and childhood well-being. Now, this report came from the Kids Count data book. It was released by the Annie E. Casey Foundation. It covers four domains, health, family and community, economic well-being, and education. Here with me in studio is Hannah Colton, KUNM's own public health reporter, and she focuses on education. Hannah, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. So... The governor gave her state of the state address, and she mentioned a few education initiatives. Now, she says something interesting that I found. She says transforming the public educational ecosystem is no less than a moral mandate. And this statement puts a lot of ethical pressure on lawmakers to get things done. You've been covering education issues in New Mexico for a while now. What can you say about lawmakers' enthusiasm to make broad education changes in the state? Well, I did find it interesting that she said, you know, framed it as a moral mandate because, in fact, it is also a legal mandate, right? So we had this 2018 Yazi Martinez uh, education ruling. Really big deal, right? It said New Mexico has been violating the constitutional rights of certain student populations. So Native American students, um, students from low-income backgrounds, those with with disabilities or in special ed, and also um, English learners. And so... You'll notice the governor didn't mention that at all in her speech. Um, And I think that kind of reflects a a sense that I've gotten from other lawmakers that they're a little bit tired of hearing about the ruling, right? So it came down in in summer 2018. They had a whole session of of advocates saying, pointing to it and saying, we need more, we need more. Um, And I think there are a lot of lawmakers who are sort of ready to back away from that and say, look, we put in all this extra money for teachers. We... uh, up to the at-risk index, which is part of the funding formula. Um, but that really doesn't match up with what advocates and um, some of the attorneys for the plaintiffs in that case are saying, which is, you know, you still haven't devoted enough resources to those student populations specifically. So did the governor, in in not addressing it, did she mention any of the new proposals or possible laws or budget changes that would, in effect, put the government in compliance with that ruling? Yeah, so so one of the main things that um, Lujan Grisham is pushing to address um, the ruling is this extended learning time and K-5+, plus, which are programs that would extend the school year by either 10 or 25 days. Um, and, you know, studies show that, that those kinds of extended year programs and after-school programs and summer school um, do help out students who are, like, the most vulnerable. Um, but... Nothing in her speech addressed specifically, you know, bilingual education, um, culturally responsive education, special education, which are really like more the nitty gritty of of what advocates are saying is most needed is is targeted resources to those students. Okay. Okay. Now mentioned something. You mentioned something about the K five plus and extended education um, programs where teachers essentially are getting paid to educate the students like on Saturdays, after school, summer vacation type of things. Is there is there money to pay for that program? Yeah, so the state made a bunch of money available last year um, and said, okay, quick, you know, get your teachers to come early, basically come 10 days early, come 25 days early to start the school year. And um, you had a lot of schools saying, wait, we can't really turn that around. We can't 
get our whole staff on board. So there is there is currently money and schools have to apply for it with the state. Um, and in her speech, the governor said we want to get more than half of New Mexico K-12 students in these extended learning time programs this year. Um, so I believe there's enough funding for that amount, but that doesn't guarantee that that number of students will actually be in those programs by this time next year. There's a problem with the rollout and implementation of these programs. Right, and you just have schools with such specific needs and relationships to their community, and you know it's, it's hard to just turn around and say, hey, we're going to do X number more days of school in the year without getting buy-in, which takes time. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea, but it's just implementation that needs a little bit of work. Yeah, that's the idea. And and um, what's going on with APS right now is a good example. Um, Albuquerque Public Schools, largest district in the state, of course. Um, the process has been rough, right? So you have the administration who basically sent out this memo to schools, hey, we're going to ask you to decide whether you want to extend your school year. Um, for example, they didn't include any options when they when they went to schools. They didn't include this year-round like non-traditional calendar that already exists. So you already have schools who are saying, wait, you're asking us to extend the year, but can't we keep our year round? And there's been a lot of confusion already. So we'll see how that communication may change in the coming months. Once again, it all comes down to public messaging. Yes, a lot of politicians seem to have trouble with that. So with this focus on early childhood education, in essence, it's going to give all New Mexican children a really strong head start. Are there any proposals out there for adults who may want to continue their education or go through a career change. Yeah, so uh, Luhan Grisham has talked a lot about her Opportunity Scholarship, which is so far just an idea, and she's proposed it in her budget, which would be $35 million um, for 55,000 students to cover their tuition and fees. So that, that would include um, adults who may be coming back to, I, and I believe the eligibility for adults is for two-year programs. Yes. Um, and that plan is still in flux, so it's it remains to be seen like how much it would help those returning learners versus first-time undergraduates or you know people straight out of high school. Um, but there is some pushback from the lawmakers on the legislative finance committee who are saying like basically let's make this. They want to you know direct more of that funding to the lottery scholarship. They want to direct more of that funding to uh, students from low-income backgrounds. So that's all kind of up in the air. Okay, now you mentioned the lottery scholarship. Now the, the lottery scholarship has had mixed reviews. Some people really enjoy it. They've taken advantage of it. Other people in the later years, more recently, are finding difficulty with the lottery program. Is there a move at all to get rid of the pro lottery program? Is this um, new opportunity scholarship supposed to replace the lottery program? So as the governors proposed it, it would just be an additional program. Um, and, and her opportunity scholarship would, would be a last dollar program, which basically means after you apply for your federal financial aid, after you, you know, maybe get the lottery scholarship, then whatever's left, this, this opportunity scholarship would cover it. And that's what's getting some pushback, too, because lawmakers are saying, look, wouldn't our dollars be better invested if this was going um, – on a more need-based basis, for example, um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't replace the lottery scholarship. But but some lawmakers are pushing for um, for that money instead, some of that money to instead um, go into the lottery scholarship and and make it cover 
more of tuition again. I think it's fallen to cover about 60% of the cost of college. And so some lawmakers are saying, well, let's take some of this money that the governor wants for the opportunity scholarship and let's put more in the lottery scholarship. So it would boost back up to about like 80% All of right. costs. Would help a lot more people so that's out. that's one idea. Gotcha. Are there any other proposals as far as adult education that are up on board? Sure, yeah. One that I that I just saw um, is being proposed by Representative Christine Trujillo, who's been a leader of the Legislative Education Study Committee, so, you know, could have a pretty good chance of going. Um, but this is, this is specifically would create a fund and, like, an oversight mechanism for adult education. So it's, it's putting some funding into the higher ed department, um, but specifically directing some of that funding towards charter schools. Um, and so she wants, like, all charter schools to be able to have access to an additional, like, $6,000 specifically for adult education programs. So that could help build capacity in sort of these, um, you know, places that are already sort of alternative or charter schools around the state. And those are just a few of the issues that are going to be worked out here in the next 29 days. Her name is Hannah Colton. She is KUNM's own public health reporter who focuses on education. Look, we got 29 days left. We're going to talk a lot more. I want to thank you so much for being with me, Hannah. Thanks, Khalil. That's all the time we have for today, but be sure to tune in tomorrow when I speak with Gwyneth Dolan from KNME. We're going to talk about fiscal responsibility, something important to all of us, and legislators' reactions to the state of the state speech. Speaking of the governor's speech, if you want to read a transcript, go over to knme.org and you have it all right there for you. For your New Mexico government, I'm Khalil A. Colonna. Thanks for listening. Your New Mexico government is a collaboration between KUNM, New Mexico PBS, and the Santa Fe Report. Funding for our legislative coverage is provided in part by the Thornburg Foundation and the New Mexico Local News Fund.